ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحديث حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم شر الامور محدثاتها كل محدثه بدعه كل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد we come to the fifth hadith الحديث الخامس عن ام المؤمنين ام عبد الله عائشه رضي الله عنها قالت and so from the mother of the believers um abdullah aisha radiyallahu anha may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with her she said qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fa huwa rad rawahu al-bukhari wa muslim the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said whoever invents into this affair of ours yani this religion ma laysa minhu that which is not from it fa huwa rad then it is rejected and that was recorded by al-bukhari and muslim wa fi riwayat li muslim man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fa huwa rad and with a wording with imam muslim man amila amalan whoever performs an action which is not from our religion fa huwa rad and it is rejected <coughs> as for aisha radiyallahu anha the one who narrated this hadith then she is um abdullah aisha bint abi bakr siddiq um almu'minin she is um abdullah that was her kunya Aisha the daughter of Abu Bakr Siddiq the mother of the believers Ummul Mu'minin she was born in the 4th or the 5th year after the Ba'tha after the sending of the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and she was Ummul Mu'minin the mother of the believers and all of the wives they are yani they have this title of ummul mu'minin ummahatul mu'minin the mothers of the believers as allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentioned wa azwajuhu ummahatuhum and his wives are their mothers yani the mothers of the believers um abdullah that was her kunya the question is yani um abdullah the mother of abdullah was a child born to her or not some scholars say no some scholars say she had a miscarriage however this is her kunya this is a difference of opinion but the majority say no however her kunya is um abdullah and it is said that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he gave her this kunya um abdullah um and he gave her this name and chose this name Abdullah uh because this was the name of her sister's son her sister's son yani Asma bint Abi Bakr 
عبد الله يعني عبد الله ابن الزبير عبد الله ابن الزبير يعني هي واز عبد الله واز ذا سون اوف الزبير ابن العوام واز مارويد تو اسماء بنت ابي بكر سو هي هي تو عائشه واز عبد الله واز ها نفيو نفيو سو شي واز نيمد ام عبد الله She also has the title of As-Siddiqah. As-Siddiqah. Bint As-Siddiqah. As-Siddiqah, yani the truthful one. Bint As-Siddiqah. Daughter of the truthful one. And that is due to that well-known story, Hadithatul Ifq. That story of the slander. When there was a slander made against Ummuna Aisha radiallahu anha. And that was when on a particular journey after one of the battles when or on the way to one of the battles when the when Aisha radiallahu anha was being carried on one of the uh, riding beasts in the carriage. And when they stopped at a place and they camped, she went to relieve herself. And when she came back to where the camp was and to where the carriage was, she realized that she lost her necklace. She dropped her necklace. And so she went back to search for her necklace. And then, by the time she came back, they had left. They had left. And she remained there hoping that they would come back and realize that she was missing. She mentioned in the story that because she was light and the, and the women in those times were very light. They didn't used to eat much. So they were light. They didn't have weight with them. And so they didn't realize that she wasn't in the carriage and they left without her. And so she remained there hoping they would come back. And sleep overcame her and she slept. And the next day, Safwan ibn Mu'attal, he came who was intending to meet up with the army. And he was left behind, but he wanted to catch up with the army. And so when he came to where the camp was and where Aisha, radiallahu anha, where she was, where she, she was uh, sleeping, he realized and he kept saying what happened. And he kept saying, Inna lillah wa inna, wa inna ilayhi raji'un. And he, the riding beast, he, he, the camel, he told, he uh, placed the camel down to its knees and she uh, got on top of the camel and they went, they, they went forward to meet with the army. But when they got there, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Sulul from the Munafiqeen, from the hypocrites, he began to spread this slander against Aisha and that she stayed behind with Safwan ibn Mu'attal so they began to spread this evil slander against Umm al-Mu'mineen and when she when they got back to Medina and when the people began to believe 
in this story and in this slander. To the point where she mentioned that even the Messenger of Allah, he would enter upon her and she, be, she, was, she was ill. She was ill, she was sick. And when the Prophet Muhammad would enter upon her, he would say he, would, he, he wasn't the same with her. He wasn't the same with her. And he would say, how is that lady? How is she? And so, she mentioned She mentioned that she, yani no one believes her and it became very difficult upon her and she wasn't able to sleep and she just kept on crying and days went by and she couldn't sleep and she couldn't and she couldn't stop crying To the point where she mentioned that she felt that her, her liver would, would, would burst due to her crying so much. And a month went by. A month went by and nothing had come to the Messenger of Allah We'll just wait to uh, verify and see what the problem is, inshallah. And so, she mentioned how it became very difficult upon her. Over a month went by and no one would believe her, even to the point where she, meant, where she mentioned that she asked her father, Abu Bakr Siddiq, and she asked her mother, to both, both of them, to go and speak to the Messenger of Allah And they said, we don't know what to say to him. And then... After the, uh, on a, on a, one day, when the Messenger of Allah he came and he was in her house and he began to sweat. And in that state, in that condition, when he would he, he would sweat. However, she mentioned that it was a it was a cold day, but Revelation was being revealed to him, and that was the signs of, 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 of when revelation would be revealed to him. And he was sweating, and he was in that state. 
that state that she described in the other hadith of how the revelation would reveal to him, would, would come down to him. And then after that had finished, he said, O oh Aisha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, barra'ak. He has declared your innocence. He has declared your innocence. And her mother, she, Aisha's mother, she commanded her to stand and go to the Messenger of Allah and she said, I will not go to him. Rather, I will, I will thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she mentioned that I never thought I never thought that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would reveal concerning my affair. And that is why she is a Siddiqah. She is a Siddiqah bin to Siddiq. She died in the 58th year after the Hijrah in Ramadan. And she was min afqahin nas, as Atahi mentioned. That Aisha, she was min afqahin nas. From those people who had understanding in the religion. She was from the Afqahin Nas, with the most understanding of the religion. To the point where even Masruq, he mentioned that even the Akabir of the Sahaba, the major Sahaba and the elder Sahaba, they would go to her and ask her concerning the rulings of Fara'id, of inheritance and other matters of the religion. She died, as I mentioned, in the 58th year after the, after the, uh, the Hijrah. In the month of Ramadan at 18 years old. This is Aisha radiallahu anha. As for the hadith, and that hadith is a tremendous hadith which is an asal and a fundamental principle and a foundation in this, in this religion, from the usul of this religion. Man ahdatha, whoever invents into our, into this religion, يعني من أحدث الشيخ ابن أثمين مشن أوجد شيئا لم يكن. He brings about something that didn't exist before. في أمرنا يعني في ديننا وشريعتنا. In our religion, he brings about something into our religion, in our شريعنا in our legislation. ما ليس منه يعني ما لم يشرعه الله سبحانه وتعالى ورسوله. That which Allah or his messenger, وسلم, did not legislate. It is rejected, it is مردود, rejected, not accepted. This hadith, as we mentioned, is the asl, ayyul ikhwa. Uh, great foundation from the foundations of Islam. Scale, and mizan. Is someone, play, someone playing around with it? When when F one when the messenger was, uh, passed away, is that what I said? What did I say? Eighteen when she passed. Oh. Huh? 
18a. Yeah, just a correction. She was 18. Aisha She was 18 years old when the Messenger of Allah passed away. When the Messenger of Allah passed away, she was 18 years old. Zakunlah. Now we continue. So this hadith, ayyul ikhwa, is a mizan and a scale. A mizan for the actions, a scale that we use for the actions as it relates to the apparent nature of the actions. And the actions on the apparent. As for that hadith, that first hadith that we studied, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ And that first hadith that the Imam he brought in his book, indeed the actions are only by the intentions, then that is the mizan and the scales for the inward actions. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَّاتِ These two hadith, hadith, na'am. They are the conditions for an action being accepted. These two hadith, these two narrations. Indeed, the actions are by the intentions. And a man will be rewarded based on his intention. That this hadith is a scale in how we measure the intentions, the inward actions. Or when we come to a particular action, we know there's the intention and we know there's the action itself. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَلُ بِالنِّيَاتِ is the mizan and the scale that's used for, for the intention. And this hadith, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ Whoever invents into this religion that which is not from it, and it is rejected, this is the scale that we use. This is the scale that we use when we judge, when we look at the apparent action. The apparent action. And these are the two conditions. The two conditions that are required for any action to be accepted. That a person, that action, first and foremost, must be with ikhlas, with sincerity. Purely for the sake of Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. For indeed, la ilaha illallah. There is no deity out there that has a right to be worshipped except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So our worship is for Allah alone. Now, so the second condition is mutaba'ah. Mutaba is to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu and that these two conditions are included with, within the testimony of the Muslim. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. If you bear witness to this, then you must perform your actions with these two conditions. However, Sheikh Zaid. Madkhali. Sheikh Zayd ibn Muhammad al-Madkhali, rahimahullah, he mentioned a nice point. And he said that there's a third condition. A third condition. Even though it is part of the first condition, but to make it even clearer, he said there's a third condition. Ikhlas, mutaba'ah, so sincerity and to follow the sunnah of Muhammad but also sihhatul i'tiqad. 
Sihatul Aitiqad. That a person's aqidah is sound. Why is this? Why the need for this third condition? And it's a very fine point. It's a very beautiful point that the Shaykh mentioned. And that is that you may have someone, for example, from the Quburiyin, from the Muslims, from the Quburiyin, those who worship at the graves, those who worship at the graves, and call upon Sahib al-Qabr, the one in the grave, calls upon them, makes dua to them, makes istighatha with them, asks them to come and help him and rescue him and aid him. And this person, although one of his other actions or some of his other actions may be purely for the sake of Allah, he has the two conditions. So when he prays, when he gives in charity, when he fasts the month of Ramadan, he does it purely for the sake of Allah. So he has ikhlas. And he does it, he does it with muta'ba'ah. Is it accepted? Is his salah accepted? Is his song accepted? Is his sadaqah accepted? Why not? Because sihat al-i'tiqad, he commits shirk with Allah. And shirk, what's the effect of shirk? Nullifies all of the actions. وَلَقَدَ أُوْهِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبَلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ If you were to make shirk with Allah, لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ And all of your actions will become nullified. So even if he prays with ikhlas and muta'ba, that particular action, that particular fast, that charity that he gives, yes, that's purely for the sake of Allah and in accordance to the sunnah. However, his aqidah is not sound. And so, even if he has these two conditions, it's not accepted. And also, as we're going to come, we're going to come to the issue of bid'ah. Because bid'ah that someone, an innovation, in some innovative belief, or some action of worship, that's innovated, because that's the topic that we're, that we're يعني, uh, discussing today, bid'ah, innovations, then even some of the scholars, they mention that a person's actions will not be accepted if he is a person of innovation. And we're going to look at that. Bidnillah. The hadith, that well, that well-known incident that took place in the time of the Sahaba, after, very shortly after the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu passed away. And that was when Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, when he saw a group of people by the masjid or inside the masjid and they were count they were using pebbles and counting with these pebbles and they were making takbir and he's saying Allahu Akbar tahleel they were saying la ilaha illallah and they were saying tasbih subhanallah subhanallah with these pebbles and then he said wayhakum ya ummata muhammad sallallahu and he woe to you, O Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu He said, "Ma asra' halaktu." How fast have you gone to your destruction? And he mentioned that the utensils of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu those utensils that he used for drinking and eating, they're still with us. His clothes are still with us, and it hasn't been long at all. But you have come with this already, something that we never saw in the time of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Something, ليس عليه أمرنا. Something which is not from our from our affair, from our religion. And then they said, they said, يا 
أبا عبد الرحمن يسوس يسكنيا بن مسعود ما أردنا إلا الخير We didn't, we didn't intend, our intention was good. We didn't intend except good. But this shows that intention alone is not sufficient. But you need mutaba'ah. You need mutaba'ah. Kam min muridin lil khair lam yudrik or lan yusibah. Lan yudrika or lan yusibah. How many who intend good, have good intentions, never achieve it? Good intention alone is not sufficient. But mutaba'ah. And that is why you make the testification. That Muhammad is the messenger of Allah who came with this religion. And told us what khair is. Told us what worship is. And so upon us is to have ikhlas along with mutaba'ah. So the, the, the two narrations here that the imam he mentions, they differ in their meanings. The first, man ahdafa. Whoever invents, innovates, or introduces into this religion, meaning he is responsible for bringing about this action, he introduces it, it is rejected from him. But the second wording, man amila amalan, this is referring to the one who, even though he didn't introduce it, and it may have been introduced by someone else. But he acted upon it. So the, the, the warning here includes both the one who innovated and the one who followed the innovator. Yeah. Now, so this shows to us that the innovations, the one who innovates, his action is, is rejected and also the one who follows him and acts upon that. As the Messenger of Allah he said, every innovation is misguidance and every misguidance is in the fire. Whether you are the innovator himself or whether you are the follower and the one who acts. It's all misguidance, it doesn't matter. And whether it is bid'ah hasana or bid'ah sayyah, there is no hasana. It's not, it's not right. Why? Because they use as a proof that which came from Amr ibn Khattab. About Taraweeh. In the time of where? Of when? After the, the passing of the Messenger of Allah in the, uh, in the rulership, or the time of ruler, the, the rulership of Amr, when he gathered the people behind Ubay ibn Ka'b. Ubay ibn Ka'b and he told them to lead them in Salah. And he said this statement. Ni'matul bid'ah hadi. What a good innovation. However, the scholars, they mentioned that this is bid'ah fil lugha mubfish. Ya'ani fish fil sharia. Ya'ani he meant the linguistic meaning. He meant the linguistic meaning. Meaning that he gathered them in a manner, he gathered them together behind one imam to, to pray every night. Bistimrar. Every night. Yani wara imam wahid. Bistimrar. Kullil. Which was not something that the Messenger of Allah did in his time because he
He came out the first night, the second night, the third night, but the fourth night he didn't come out. Why? To show to them that it's not wajib. And he, he feared that it would become wajib upon them. So, يعني, it's something new by way of now. We, we, we're behind one imam. Although it's not something new by way of يعني, it, it, by way of the religion it being something that didn't exist at all. Rather, it was there in the time of the Messenger of Allah And he led the people in, 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 in Salah Taraweeh. However, there were times when the Messenger of Allah when he didn't come out. But after the Sharia, يعني, استقرت, يعني, it was finished. And now we know the, the farv and the wajib and we know the sunnah and we know the يعني, nawafil. We know all the rulings. We know what's obligatory, we know what's not obligatory. We know what's halal, we know what's haram. Now, Amr, he saw that there's no, there's no fear of it being made obligatory. So now we can pray behind one imam every night. But the question is, is it bid'ah, something that has no asal, no origin in the religion? No. Rather, the asal is there with the messenger of Allah because he led the people into raweh. So the origin is there. The origin is there. And there's mentioned that Abu Bakr Siddiq, in his caliphate, because he was busy with the affairs of the dawla, of the, of the Muslim empire, that he, يعني, uh, he wasn't able to gather the people under one, behind one imam. But Amr, he saw that the people began to pray individually, in small groups, and he gathered them under one imam. But the asal is there. The asal is there. So to use this is... يعني it's it's uh, incorrect and to say bid'ah hasana wal rasul sallallahu the messenger of allah he says every innovation yashmal يعني الخير يعني الحسنة والسيئة it includes good innovation bad innovation the messenger messenger of allah he said كل بدعه وان تقول as the sheikh sheikh al fawzan used to say وان تقول لا لا هناك بدعه سيئة وبدعه حسنة كيف الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم messenger of allah he says كل بدعه ضلالة but then for us to come and say, no, but there's good and there's bad. And also, Amr, the Messenger of Allah, he said about him, he said, and about the Khulafa, all four of them, he said, Alaykum bi sunnati. Upon you is my sunnah. Stick to my sunnah. Was sunnat man? The Khulafa al-Rashidin min ba'di. And the sunnah of the Khulafa after me. Huh? Stick to that. Stick to that. Bite onto that with your molar teeth. So even they have a sunnah. So we are commanded to follow their sunnah even if they come with something which yeah, it wasn't around in the time of the Messenger of Allah. That second adhan, Jum'ah. Hmm? Huh? But this is a sunnah. And we're commanded to follow the sunnah of the, of the, of the Khulafa. Other than them, la. Other than these. Khulafa, the messenger of Allah only ascribed sunnah to himself and sunnah to the khulafa. That's it. So, yani, there is no such thing as uh, a good innovation and a bad innovation. Every innovation is sagiya, is bad. Naam. Man ahtatha, man ahtatha, yani whoever innovates or introduces 
And that is like when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, and you can hear this word here in this in this hadith, وَإِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْتَذَاتِ الْأَمُورِ إِيَّاكُمْ وَمُحْتَذَاتِ الْأَمُورِ فَإِنَّ كُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ Beware of every newly invented matter. For indeed, every every muhtatha, every newly invented matter is bid'ah. وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ And every bid'ah or ضَلَالَةٍ is in the fire. Every misguidance is in the fire. Hadith which shows to us the serious nature of bid'ah. And not just bid'ah introducing the innovation and acting upon the innovation, but also, yes, following, acting, but also aiding and helping the, inno- the people of innovation. Aiding and helping the people of innovation. A tremendous hadith, ayyul ukhwa. A hadith that is sahih, from Asah al-Ahadith. Because from the most authentic hadith you can get is that hadith recorded by Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim. In the Sahihain, narrated by Ali radiallahu anhu. Where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa he said, and this is a warning against the people of innovation and those people who protect and help the people of innovation. He said, Medina, al-Medina haram. Medina is... Medina to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in, in, in uh, the Mamlaka, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Medina to Rasul, the Medina of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, it's a haram. And it's a sacred sanctuary. He said, فَمَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِيهَا حَدَثًا Whoever introduces something into it, hadathan, the scholars, they explain this by saying fitna or bid'ah. Two explanations, fitna or bid'ah. Both of them are correct because what is bid'ah except for fitna? What is bid'ah? Ma hiya bid'ah illa fitna. And what is bid'ah except that it is fitna? It's a fitna for the people. Medina is a sacred sanctuary. This is the Medina of Sunnah. The Medina of the, the city of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu City of Sunnah. That's the city of Sunnah. For, for a person to come to that city, the city of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu and to introduce Something into his religion, it's a crime, great crime. Innovation is not allowed wherever in the world. But in Medina, as we know, the sins, they are magnified if they, depending on where they are carried out. So if they're carried out in the haram, it's greater. It's greater in sin. Likewise, the good deeds, they're carried out in those sacred places. They are increased. Salat in, in, in Mecca, Medina, in the Haramain, they are increased. This hadith, whoever introduces into Medina, whoever introduces into Medina, bid'ah, fitna, oh, awa muhtifan, or he protects, and he, yani he gives protection to an innovator. He gives protection to him. He defends him and protects him. Alayhi la'natullah. Upon him is the curse of Allah. This hadith in Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim, narrated by Ali radiallahu anhu. In fact, they have it on the billboards in Medina. Alhamdulillah. They have this on the billboards in Medina. As soon as you enter Medina, they have this hadith on a big billboard. That Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, 
this hadith. The Messenger of Allah he said, whoever introduces an innovation into Medina or gives protection to an innovator, upon him is the curse of Allah. And the angels, and all of the people. Allah will not accept from him on Yom Al-Qiyamah Sarfan wala adla. Allah will not accept from him Sarfan wala adla. What does that mean? The scholars they mention Sarfan wala adla. Allah will not accept from him. This is what we mentioned before: the serious nature of innovations. That even a person, even if he does performs all these other actions, sihatul i'tiqad is not there. If he has some innovation which makes his aqidah, yani an aqidah which is not from the aqidah of the, of the Messenger of Allah and the Sahaba and the Salaf of this Ummah, then his actions may not be accepted. Adla, meaning, as the scholars, they mention, Allah will not accept from him faridah. Allah will not accept from him an ob- any obligatory action that he performs or any optional action that he performs. Look at the serious nature of this hadith. Some scholars mention that whatever he gave as a ransom will not be accepted. And that is why some of the scholars they mention, some of the Ahl al-Ilm, they mention, like Imam al-Shatibi, in his kitab al-I'tisam, he said, Al-Bid'ah la tuqbal ma'ha ibadah. Bid'ah, innovation. It is not accepted along with it. Meaning, if a person has innovation with him, ibadah, his worship will not be accepted from him. Min salah, from prayer, wala siyam, fasting, sadaqah, wa ghayriha. They won't be accepted from him. Likewise, Imam, Imam al-Awza'i, he said, Kana ba'du ahli al-ilm, yaqulun. Some of the people of, of knowledge, they would say, La yaqbal Allahu min dhi bid'ah. Allah will not accept from the person of innovation. Salatan. Allah will not accept salah from him. No fasting. No charity. He will not accept jihad from him. Allah will not accept any of that. Imam Sufyan al-Thawri, he said, Innovation, inventing into the religion of Islam, the religion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is more beloved to Iblis, Shaytan, min al-ma'asiyah, than, than sin. He said, لِأَنَّ الْبِدْعَةِ لِأَنَّ الْبِدْعَةِ لَا يُتَابْ مِنْهَا The person for innovation, the one who celebrates the Prophet's birthday, he doesn't repent from it, he doesn't repent, he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. He doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong, he thinks he's doing something good. And so he's not going to repent from it. وَالْمَعْسِيَةِ but sins, the people know they're doing something wrong. And they will repent, bi'idhnillah. A person is yani, more closer that he will repent. And that is why bid'ah is from the akbar al-kabair, from the major sins, from the major sins. And some of the people may think that this is harsh, harsh against the people of innovation, harsh. But the Messenger of Allah was he harsh? The Prophet ﷺ in that hadith, also in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim, narrated by Sahib bin Sa'ad, 
رضي الله عنه the companion سحب بن سعد who said that on that the messenger of Allah صلى he said that on the day of judgment he will be by his hold that river given to the messenger of Allah and there will be people who will be brought forward and they will come close but they will be prevented by the angels and then the messenger of Allah he will say ummati ummati my umma my umma meaning yani on the apparent they are muslim they are muslim but why are they prevented we're going to learn so he will say ummati ummati one nation innahum minni they are from me why prevent them and then it will be said to him la tadri ma baddalu ba'dak you don't know what they changed after you in one narration la tadri ma ahdathu ba'dak what they invented after you and the hadith that we're discussing today man ahdatha fi amrina whoever invents into our religion that which is not from it hadith of aisha la tadri ma ahdathu ba'dak you don't know what they changed after you look at the response of the messenger of allah sallallahu who was sent rahmatan lilalamin as a mercy to mankind however with bid'ah there was no mercy he wasn't merciful with bid'ah yes yeah, there's mercy for, the, for 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 innovations why because what is innovation except that it destroyed the previous nations the jews and the christians they in, they they are ahlul bid'ah al-awwalun they are the first people of innovations and so the messenger of allah sallallahu what would his response be fa'qul i will say so i will say hadith of sahih bukhari sahih muslim fa'qul so i will say suhqan suhqan liman Far removed from mercy, take them away. Those who change things after me, those who invented into my religion, take them away. Suhqan, it's like Ba'dan. Take them far, far away from me. Those who invented. Like Allah mentions in, in Surah uh, uh, Tabarak, Surah Al Mulk. Fasuhqan, uh, the people of the fire, far with them. This was this is the response of the Messenger of Allah. But on the apparent look, Muslim, in the Humini, Ummati, shows to us the serious nature of innovation. Because this is what occurred to the Jews and Christians. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions concerning the Christians. He says, from monasticism. Being monks, they introduced, they innovated this into the religion. We did not prescribe that upon them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this in the Quran about the Christians. This monasticism, being monks, Allah did not prescribe this. They invented it. They are Ahlul Bid'ah, the Christians. The, Christ, the, Christ, the, the, the people of the two books before us. They invented, they changed the words, they introduced. And they invented, they innovated into their religion. And that's why Allah sent prophet after prophet. That's why Allah sent prophet after prophet. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions in the Quran, قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَحْسِرِينَ أَعْمَالًا أَلَّذِينَ ذَلَّ سَعْيَهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسُبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ يُحْسِنُونَ السُنْعَةِ 
Shall we not inform you of those who are yani the biggest losers? The biggest losers as it relates to their actions. Those who spent their efforts in, this, in the life of this world with actions and they believed that they were doing good actions. Yani, al-bid'ah ila iblis min al-ma'asiyah. Why? Because innovations are more beloved to Iblis than sin. Why? Because they think they're doing good. They believe they're doing good, so they're not going to repent from it. But rather, in reality, they're waging war against the Messenger of Allah without knowing, against his sunnah, and against what he came with, his religion. He is the one who's sent as the Messenger of Allah and he's the one who, ta- who taught us everything. How to go to the bathroom, how to relieve yourself. Sallu kima ra'aytumuni. Pray as you see me pray. Everything. He told us how to perform the hajj. Minni. Take, take, anni. take your the rights of Hajj from me. Learn from me. So how evil are the effects of, of, of bid'ah, of innovation, and what, uh, what is the effect of innovation except that which we see? 72 sects, as the Messenger of Allah he mentioned, astray. This ummah will split. Will split. Into 73 sects. Kullaha finnar. All of them in the fire, illa wahida, except for one. Except for one. All of those other innovation, all of those other sects, they fell into innovation. What is it except innovation that they fell into? For them to, yani, depart away from this safe sect and this jama'ah that will be in, 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 in Jannah. Naam, and so the people of Sunnah, their criterion is the Sunnah. Their criteria and their measure is the sunnah. Nothing else. Rigid. Person wants to call it rigid. You are rigid. Yes, we are rigid. Alhamdulillah. We are rigid with the sunnah. We are rigid with the sunnah. We don't want anything else. We want the sunnah only. You hate, you hate me for, hate, for loving the sunnah? That's your crime. This is not a crime. Alhamdulillah. As the messenger of Allah, he said, He said, La yu'minu ahadukum. None of you would truly believe. Hatta akun. None of you truly believe up until I am more beloved to, 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 to him. That I, that I am more beloved to him. My son is more beloved to him than his own son, his own father, and the whole of mankind. Yes, we love the sunnah. We don't want anything else except for the sunnah. And that is why they are united. The people of sunnah are united. They are united. Because they have one criterion. They judge with. And that is why they are called Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. The people of Sunnah and Jama'ah. Yani united together. As for the people of Bid'ah, then, because their criterion is in the Sunnah, they don't unite upon that one criterion. They, uh, they unite, or they don't unite, they, they go to their own criterions. Or the criteria. And so they split. And that is why they were known as Ahlul Bid'ah people of Jama'ah, unity, Furqa, for them because they're people of splitting and different. They split. They split into many groups and sects. Because they don't have one thing that unites them. People of Sunnah, the, the Sunnah unites them. That's the criterion. That's what we use only. That's it. And so none of this is harsh in reality. In reality, 
It is mercy. In reality, it is mercy. It's rahmah. It's mercy. Because a person can say, but when you speak against innovation, you speak against the groups and the sects and you cause disunity. But what we say is in reality, it is rahmah. It is mercy. Mercy for mankind. That by way of clarifying to the people that which has been invented into the religion, that which opposes the sunnah of Muhammad in that is a protection of Islam. Or else we be, our, the religion becomes like the, Jews and, the religion of the Jews and Christians. But rather Allah has made this religion the final religion until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And so for that to يعني, actualize, and for it to, be the, for it to be the case, then there must be those, those who protect this religion. And that is why, as coming that hadith, which is da'if, da'if, weak hadith, a weak hadith. However, Sheikh Ibn Taymin mentions, but the meaning is correct. And that is that hadith where the Messenger of Allah he said, he said, Ulema ummati, that the scholars of my ummah, Ulema ummati, because they are the ones who know the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah And they know what is from this religion, what is not from this religion. They know the book of Allah, they know the sunnah. And they are the ones who teach the people what is from the religion, what is not from the religion. And so the Messenger of Allah in this hadith, is reported that he said, Ulema ummati, the scholars of my ummah. لا. He said, Ka bani Israel. The scholars of my ummah are like the prophets of the children of Israel. Of, uh, children of Israel. The scholars of my ummah are like the Prophets that were sent to the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel, there was prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet. Soon as the prophet would die or pass, then Allah would send another prophet immediately after. To يعني, uh, teach them that which is from, that which Allah SWT has prescribed upon them. And although the hadith is zaif, is weak, uh, Shaykh Ibn, Ibn Thaymeen, he mentions that the meaning is correct. Because the messenger of Allah SWT, he mentioned in the correct had in that sound hadith. Authentic hadith where he said, he said, uh, The scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. And likewise in that hadith, also in the Sahihain, They will never cease to be a group from my ummah, who, who will be manifest and aided upon the truth. They will not be harmed by those who forsake them. Hatta yati amrullah. Up until the affair, the command of Allah comes. Up until the command of Allah comes. And also, the uh, Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said in that hadith that is sahih, authentic, and he said, Yahmil هذا العلم and kulli khalaf The knowledge of this religion will be يعني, passed down and carried. From every generation, by the trustworthy ones, by the trustworthy ones, they will pass down the knowledge of this religion, that which is from this religion, that which Islam is, pure Islam. They will, ex- they will expel from the religion the distortions of those who go beyond bounds, the extremists and those who, who go beyond bounds. And yeah, the fabrications of the, those who fabricate, those who lie. 
and invent into the religion. وَتَعْوِيلْ جَاهِلِينَ And the false interpretations of the ignorant ones. This shows to us that this religion will be protected. This religion will be protected. So this is a mighty hadith, ikhwa, a great hadith from the usul of Islam, from the um, foundations and the usul of Islam. And just to finish, we'll finish with that which Ibn Athaymeen, rahimahullah, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih, Salih al-Athaymeen, rahimahullah, he mentioned when he explained this hadith. And he said that there are six things. There are six things that you need to know if you want to be fully aware Fully aware of when something is an innovation. He said that he gives an example, or he, he mentions that if it's said, فَإِنْ قَالْ قَائِلْ If a person says, لَوْ أَحْدَثْتُ شَيْئًا أَصْلُهُ مِنَ الشَّرِيعَةِ If I invented something into the religion, which the origin is there in the religion, وَلَكِنْ جَعَلْتُهُ عَلَى صِفَةٍ مُعِيِّنَةٍ لَمْ يَأْتِ بِهَا الدِّينَ However, I, and it came with it in a certain way which the religion didn't come with. But the origin is there. So will it be rejected or not? Will it be accepted or will it be rejected? So the Shaykh, he mentions, the answer is, It will be rejected. He said that you should know that al-mutaba'ah, that second condition that we talked about, following the Muhammad so the two conditions, do it with ikhlas. Whatever action you do, do it purely for the sake of Allah. The second, do it in line with the sunnah of the messenger of Allah This mutaba'ah, he said, he said there has to be six conditions. You need to bear in mind six, six matters. Sababu, it's um, the reason for that action. So for example, we'll work through each one. He says, the first example is, or that first condition is, that the action is in agreement with the Sharia of Islam as it relates to the reason. So, he says, that if a person, he performs some act, act of worship, Allah didn't make it a reason to perform that action, then he is rejected. He gives an example. Like a person who enters his house. Every time he enters his house, he says, I'm going to pray two raka'ah when he enters his house. Like when you, you have tahit al-masjid, when you come to the masjid, don't sit down Don't sit down until you pray two. So he says, I'm going to do this with my, with my house, in my, in my home. Every time I'm, I enter my house, I'm going to pray two. And it's something which is going to be a sunnah with me. Then the sheikh, he mentions that this is Mardud is rejected because the sabab and the reason is not there in the Sharia. He said because salah in its origin, yes, prayer is something which is legislated in Islam. However, here he has paired it along with a reason which the Sharia, sharia didn't come with, and so it becomes something that is rejected. Another example, he says, um, Naam. This, or the second, the second um, condition, he says that it must be, يعني, um, it must be in agreement with the Sharia as it relates to its type. 
as he relates to his type. So for example, a person, he wants to come close to Allah, and he comes with an act, action of worship, and he wants to sacrifice an animal. But he sacrifices a horse. He sacrifices a horse. That action is not accepted. Why? Because the, those animals that are to be sacrificed are the behemoth and an'am. Those, like those animals are just camels and cows and sheep. So a person to sacrifice this type of animal, it won't be accepted from him. Third, he says that the, it has to be in agreement with the, يعني, the, the qadr and the amount. The amount. And so, for example, he says that a person... If he wants to, for example, when he's making wudu, he's making wudu for salah, and he decides to wash every part of the of his body, of those parts that are washed when making wudu, he decides to wash them four times instead of three times, a maximum of three. He says, "I'm going to do four, four times." He says, "This doesn't agree with the Sharia as it relates to the amount." Because there is coming that hadith. Man zada ala dhalik. When the Messenger of Allah, he, he made the wudu and he said, Whoever increases upon that, فَقَدْ أَسَى وَتَعَدَّى وَظَلَمْ Then he has done wrong. And he has, يعني, he has exceeded the bounds and the limits. وَظَلَمْ And he has been oppressive. The fourth is the kayfiyah. Is the, يعني, the manner in how it's performed. The manner in how it's done. So he mentions that if a person, he performs an action such as a man who prays the prayer, the salah that we know, but he does the sujood before the ruku'ah. He does sujood before the ruku'ah. Sujood and ruku'ah from the salah. However, if it doesn't, it doesn't come with it in the same manner, in the order, and the manner, and how it's to be performed, it is rejected. So if a person, when he's praying, he decides, I'm going to go into sujood before ruku'ah, that's not accepted. It's not accepted. Naam. And also with wudu. With wudu. If a person decides I'm going to wash my feet first before I wash my, 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 my face or my arms, then it's not, it's not accepted. The fifth is the time. Time. That, that action. If there's a, yeah, that action is... Yani tied to a particular time, then if a person comes with that action outside of its time, it is rejected. So if a person he prays before its time, he prays any salah before the time of that prayer, uh, the the time of that prayer entering, then it is it is rejected. And also, if a person he sacrifices the animal before salat uh, al-Eid, now. Or do the Hajj in Ramadan, for example. Naam. Oh, um, for example, he says here that a person, Naam, a person, he, he, Naam, that's, that's a good, good enough example there. A person, he does Hajj in Ramadan, um, or he fasts, the fast of Ramadan, other than uh, Ramadan. The sixth and the final. Uh, matter that the sheikh he brings is the makan, the place. 
And that is, for example, a person, he makes i'tiqaf in other than the masjid. He, may, he makes i'tiqaf in other than the masjid. Here, that is not correct. He, a person decides, for example, he's going to make i'tiqaf in his school, in the madrasa, he says, or uh, in his house. Now, and so with this, this is the Shaykh, he mentioned six points. Who can tell me the six points? The first was? Huh? Al Makan, that was one, so place, example of that? Was that Makan? That's the suburb, that's the reason. Okay, so, that's the, so the first was the reason. So the example the Sheikh gave was praying in your house and saying, every time I enter my house, so the, you know, he's, he's attached a reason now to that action. When I enter my house, that's the reason for why I would pray to Raqqa'ah. Right, and the next one? Hmm? Time? Naam. Type. Type. Naam. So example? Sacrificing the horse. Sacrificing the horse. Right. The third? Hmm? Amount. Example? Pray five rak'ah. Wash four more than three times. Naam. Taib. The fourth? Kaifiyah. The manner in how it's performed. Example of that? I have sujood before the ruku'ah. Well, in the wrong order. In the wrong order. Naam. Taib. And the fifth? Time. So an example? Zakaria? Huh? Ahsant, naam. Praying outside of uh, the, the time of prayer. Pray, praying in particular prayer outside of his time. And the sixth? Al Makan. Example, yeah, Zakaria? Naam. Doing itikaf, yeah, and it's somewhere else, not in the masjid. The place of itikaf is in the masjid. So we'll end with that. وَفَقَ اللَّهُ جَمِيعًا لِمَا يُحِبُّهُ وَيَرْضَى وَصَلَى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ حَيَّاكُمْ اللَّهُ There's a question here on Zaki Naik. Um, um, I don't really want to answer that. You know, Zaki Naik, he's... Uh, uh, Zaki Naik, let me say, tell you something about Zaki Naik. You know, he mentioned about the, some of the Hindu gods... Uh, Vishnu and Rah, I don't know, some huh? Brahm or something like this. These names of the Hindu gods. He said that they all go back to Allah. They refer back to Allah. So it's permissible that if a person, he was to call upon Brahman, I think, and uh, Vishnu and these gods, then he's calling upon Allah. And this shows the ignorance of, of Zakir Naik. Even though, yes, he may... Uh, be acquainted with some of the verses in the Quran and be able to debate with the Christians and, and, and whoever else and the Hindus. But this in reality here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى To Allah belong the perfect and beautiful names. وَذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ بِأَسْمَاءِهِ Abandon those and leave those who, who go astray concerning His names. Vishnu is the name of Allah. To say that these names of these gods, these Hindu gods, that we can call upon and use these names, and it refers back to Allah, then it shows to you that Zakir Naik needs to learn his aqidah. Uh, what about tradition? Some people use tradition. Hey, what? With sort of bid'ah. Arf. 
With culture, there's no problem with culture. For example, in, in your culture, for example, uh, you eat a particular food uh, or a particular dress. For example, in Ramadan, you make Ramadan, you have to give a charity or some, make some meat and give some poor people. That's in itself becomes as good meat, but particular should be made from Ramadan, for example. To make, to say, this particular day, I have to, if I don't, and to have that belief that if I don't do it, then I'm sinful, and alayhi dhamb, okay, that. Then no, you can't do that. But Ramadan, for example, you should increase in being kind. Because the Messenger of Allah, he would be the the the, the and that was the time where he would be the most kind, kindest, and he would give in charity. So if a person wants to give in charity in Ramadan and increase in doing that, then Alhamdulillah, that's something good. But to specify a particular time and say at this day I must, or, and and to feel, for, for example, one Ramadan. If you didn't do that, then I'm sinful, and to feel, you know, Subhanallah. So a different from Arf is different. Sometimes the arf is is allowed. For example, in those affairs where the Sharia hasn't come and and um, given us detail or yani restricted the meaning of something. For example, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He mentions, He says, "Um, huh? uh, Also concerning the wives, living with the wives, He says, "Um." um عيش مع أزواجكم بالمعروف وعاشروهن بالمعروف وعاشروهن بالمعروف and live with them your wives in kindness بالمعروف but معروف this كلمة هي معروف in goodness with goodness is very general it's very general what is معروف so now a woman can say to your wife can say to her husband okay um, from you being good to me means you have to pay for my dental care my medical care pay for my makeup Pay for this, pay for that. Here now, the scholars they mention that uh, here the Sharia didn't come and define. Let me had it. What is ma'roof? But rather we go back to the orf. orf. We go back to the orf. If in a particular community or a particular time, the orf of the people and the culture of the people, and the norms of that people of, the, of, the, of those people, is for example that. The wife, we give her food and shelter, and we provide for her. However, it doesn't include, it's not the norm of the people that they pay for her dental care, for example. Huh? Then if a person was to not do that, and say, you know, uh, if you want to do that, you know, something she doesn't really need, that's up to you, you do it, but I don't have to provide, you know, uh, for that. So here... Uh, we go back to the Arf. However, if in that, uh, the culture of, of that people is that this, that's something that they all do, the men, they provide for the medical care of, the, of, the, of, their, of their women, then you should do that. Then you should do that. Um, so, yani the Arf can be referred back to sometimes in the Sharia. However, if the, the culture of a people goes against the Sharia, then here now we say no. For example, arranged marriages, forced marriages, that's one. Arranged is okay. Forced marriages, some cultures, they force their, their uh, women folk to get married to someone who she doesn't even want to get married to. This is something which is not allowed. It goes against the Sharia. So here now, even though it's the order of the people, we say no, this is not allowed. It's haram to do this. Wadah?
حياكم الله. But to specify it for a particular time and say, I must give it this time, and to have that belief, then that is wrong. However, if you were to do it in Ramadan because it's, it's a virtuous time, then that is something good, alhamdulillah. From the actions of the Sahaba, like bringing the Quran into, into the Mus'haf. Um, the adhan which we mentioned the taraweeh but again as we said the asal of that was um, you know in the in the uh, time of the messenger of Allah and also even the writing of the Quran and writing of the ayat writing of the ahadith that took place in the time of the Sahab, in, in the time of the messenger of Allah however um, yani, uh, they, later on there came the need for them to uh, combine that together when they fear that it will get lost, and also with the sunnah. When you, if you go to the sunnah, you will find some narrations that, authentic narrations that a person would understand from, from them, clear narrations where there was a prohibition from the Messenger of Allah to, to write that hadith. To write that hadith. But there are also clear narrations from the, some of the Sahaba, like Abu Harara, he said, he said that I didn't find anyone who had more hadith with him than, uh, than uh, Abdullah bin Amr. And he said, "Can uh, He used to write me the hadith, hadith of Bukhari. He used to write that hadith, but I didn't used to write that hadith. However, Abu Harara he narrates more. So that's the question: Why did he narrate more than Abdullah bin Amr? When here Abu Harara he mentions that I didn't find anyone who had more a hadith from the Messenger of Allah than me, except for Abdullah. So why then, now, after that hadith have been recorded and collected, why does Abu Harar, why, why does he have the most hadith from everyone, from all of the Sahaba? Huh? Because he was always with the Shulfah just for dating. Yes, but Abu Bakr Siddiq was more, was with uh, the Messenger of Allah more than Abu Harar. Huh? So Abu Harara, he accepted Islam, they mentioned, three or four years before the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu passed away. Three or four years, but look, he gathered all of those ahadith, because he never left the side of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu However, Abu Bakr Siddiq, from day one, so why is it that Abu Harara narrates more ahadith than everyone else? Why does he narrate, my specific question, why does he narrate more than Abu Bakr Siddiq? He got dua also. There was a specific dua that the Messenger of Allah he made for Abu Huraira, and he mentioned that after he made that dua, I never forgot a single thing. But Abu Bakr Siddiq, no doubt, he had more hadith with him. No doubt, he had more hadith with him because he witnessed more with the Messenger of Allah to the point where he would be with the Messenger of Allah with those minor things. Like when that uh, Sahabi, he invited the Messenger of Allah to come to his house and just come and pray in his house, uh, designate a place to pray in his house. The scholars have mentioned that the Messenger of Allah he went out to do that, that simple affair and that simple action, and Abu Bakr Siddiq was with him, always with him. So from day one, Abu Bakr Siddiq. 
No doubt he saw more and he heard more. However, Abu Bakr Siddiq, he, as you mentioned, he was busy with the affairs when he was the Khalifa, he was busy with the affairs of the Islamic Empire. And um, he wasn't able to do that which Abu Harara did, and that was that he restricted himself to the masjid, masjid al-Nabawi, and he was narrating to the people. He was narrating to the people. But the jama' and the reconciliation, and the best thing to say about this is we say, Abu Bakr Siddiq, akthar hadithan. That Abu Bakr Siddiq has more hadith, walakin Abu Harara akthar tahdithan. Abu Bakr Siddiq has more hadith, no doubt. But Abu Harara, he narrated more. Because of the circumstances, and that's what he, he, he dedicated himself to. But the original question, why did he narrate more than Abdullah? When he himself said that, that I never found anyone who had more hadith than me, than Abdullah. Anyone know? Huh? The, the scholars, they mentioned that with Abdullah, he went to Egypt, as far as I remember, Egypt. And not as many people came or went to Egypt than Medina. Abu Harara was in Medina. When Islam began to spread, the people traveled to Medina to learn the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu So that's the first reason. Also, it was mentioned that, that Abdullah, he used to also narrate from the, yani the Israeliyat. The, yani from the children of Israel. Yani some of those... Uh, Stories and those events of the children of Israel and those events that took place with Israel, and so some of some of the people would would stay away from his narrations because they feared that there would be some of those narrations that would come into it and get mixed. That was the question, huh? Sheikh Abdullah ibn Amr came in the first level of the Bukhari and Daesh and the Hadith. No, no. He was one of the most famous. He was one of the most famous. The most famous in the Bible is Abu Harara, and the wife of the Prophet, and the wife of the Prophet. He didn't write more than... Thousand, but something like eight hundred, but not a thousand. And actor, but not more than actor for a but not more than a thousand. Al Mukthirin for a riwayat al Athar, Abu Harara, Abu Harara, Yalih ibn Umar, then ibn Umar. For Anasun, Anas ibn Malik, for Anasun, for Zojat al Nabi, Yani, Aisha, Wal Bahru, Ah, Manu, Abdullah ibn Abbas, Wal Bahru, Jabirun, Jabir ibn Abdullah, Ma al Khudri. وسعيد الخضري حياكم الله